Kat Ramirez, your host of Stand Out and Grow. I want to help your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Building your business is really, really hard. And knowing what marketing and advertising tools you need to help you become successful is extremely confusing. After 30 years of working with thousands of businesses, I am here to help you make good business decisions. I want to help you understand the programs that are available to you so that you can stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. So let's get started. Hey there, this is Kat Ramirez. I am CEO and founder of Advertise and Hashtag Social Buzz. I am very excited to have my guests on today, um, uh, Lori Rifkin, which I, I have known Lori for a while. And lo and behold, I didn't even know he was a CPA until today. Wow. Uh, I do know that he is a super awesome networker. That's how I met uh, Lori, a, you know, a long time ago when I first started my business. And that's how we connected. And so he has an awesome company. And he, we're going to actually talk about something very, very cool today that I, I find is very, very relevant because we're going to talk about what is your COVID plan, your strategy after Hey, how are you doing? How are you doing real good? Today. It's a beautiful day. It's a day to uh, be positive, a day to start making plans to come out of this mess. Exactly. Are you in Hawaii? I, I feel like it today. <laughs> <laughs> we can pretend, right? <laughs> I, I thought the shirt would be the spirit of the day to be in the wind flowing with palm trees all around us, have a positive image. That's awesome. That is awesome. I love it. Okay. So, Lori, for the people that don't know you, can you just give us a background about you and your business? And that way we can build some confidence and some trust when we have this conversation. Sure, sure. Um, I'm Lori Rifkin. I own a couple of businesses. The main one is Clarity Management, and we help people make more money there. Um, I do that for owners. I do that at the request of banks. I do that as a request of shareholders. And um, I come in and use all my business experience, not just being a CPA, to find ways to make more money. And that could be in this, it could be by increasing revenue, increasing profitability of certain customers. It could be dropping product lines that aren't making you money. It could be helping you hire the right people to make you money. Uh, it could be anything. I'm a broad journalist who has built a giant network of specialists. So if there's something I don't understand, I could bring somebody in. Um, Kat had mentioned I'm also a giant networker, which helps because I'm able to bring in people in my in my network to, um, to even help you on things, not in your business, in your personal life. My network has helped me find plumbers, people to work on my air conditioning, my house, builders. So you gotta look at networking, not just in your business, it could have helped your personal life too. And that's what I found out on this journey that I started. That is awesome. I love it. Um, and so the topic that we're going to talk about today, and this is one that you suggested, which um, I really love the fact that we are going to talk about it because a lot of businesses are uh, starting to go back, right? 
A lot of businesses yeah. are starting to go back and uh, a lot of businesses are um, or should be thinking about when they go back, what is the game plan? What is their strategy? And uh, you had some really great questions and I put those in the notes. And so I think we should probably just go through um, some of the questions. So what what is the strategy strategy that you're asking people to do? Are you just going through some kind of, um, you know, consultation and kind of picking at them so that they think about this? What what, are, what is it that you're trying to do in helping businesses? Well, I'll, I'm going to lead it. I'm going to lead this our discussion today with a question to come back at the end. Okay. It's, it's a question statement. The questions you ask today will determine your future tomorrow. And so and if you think about that question, all I do for business owners is ask the right question because it's hard for a lot of business owners when you're dealing with the COVID, you have so much emotion. My business is bad. My family's a mess. I don't know what to do that. The emotion clouds the, the reality of the world. And I asked a question to bring you back to reality. You might not like the questions and they're hard questions. And today you might not have the answer, but I, I have a high degree of, of confidence. If you answer these type of questions, and every business could be a little different. Yep. You will come out of this fine because these questions um, are piercing, probing questions to get down to the root. Again, the questions you ask yourself today will determine your future. It's important to understand that because you don't ask any questions. By definition, default, you really don't have a future. Yep. You're going to have a lot of questions to ask. And, and that goes to another thing I would say. Stop. Ask these questions before you move post-COVID with your business plans. Okay. So I just want to say that, Pat. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. And then um, you got me on pins and needles at the end now. <laughs> uh, okay. I'm going to ask one of the questions that you had suggested to ask, you know, a business person should ask themselves, because I love this question. And I actually saw um, a news on this question, you know, that, they asked a couple business owners and employees, okay? And I like the employee perspective because it's different from the business perspective. And I love that you have this question. And the question that you are asking business owners to ask themselves is, will your employees expect more because unemployment paid them um, more in unemployment wages? That is a great question because their current wage was probably lower than the unemployment wage, okay? And um, so let me just give you the quick example that I saw on the news where somebody did a cover story on this and they asked employees. So the employee response, okay? So I'm assuming the viewer today is business leaders, business owners, okay? If it's an employee, that's okay. But the employee response was, I'm in no hurry to go back to work. I'm making more now making more now than I would as a barista with my small business owner. So why should I be in a hurry to go back? That was their comment. I see that in three or four businesses I'm with right now. I see it in my own daughter who um, owners of the business she worked at wanted to come back and she goes, I have money piling in my account from unemployment. Why do I want to go back to work? So, right. But the short-term thing is that issue, the long-term is now, employees are now trained that they could get easy money. Someone will always bail them out and give them money. It's gonna have a long-term effect on a business's cost structure. 
employees are going to expect more and more. If we have a round two, they're going to expect hazard pay. So that question leads to a strategy. How are you going to deal with an escalating labor cost structure if we have subsequent rounds of COVID and your employees demand hazard pay? Yep. Nope. I love it. And this is such a great question. So again, it was also pointed to the uh, business owner who also wrapped around and said, you know, I can't hire everyone back. Like when the doors open, they were like, there's no way I can hire my whole team back because I'm not generating the revenue that I had, you know? And so uh, they were like unsure of who they were going to bring back because again now they have to be selective they have to pick and choose the team that they're going to now capitalize on right and that's a great opportunity imagine that you had employees you didn't want to get rid of before for many reasons <laughs> um now's the time to ask the question who is a keeper and who is someone we want to get out of our business because this is the easy time to do it and i would reevaluate all your help and plus Here's the other benefit. So many good people are out of work. Yeah. Ask the question, even if you want to bring everyone back, who are you better off swapping out with someone who is better? Yep. I agree. I agree. Because the marketplace is going to be like sprawling. Um, so I totally agree. And uh, so th again, this was like, this was one question that I was like, wow, that's a really good question. Um, okay. So you had another question in regards to, and this is a great question because this was the first question you had. You had, do you have a post COVID plan to supercharge your business recovery? And so that's more big picture, right? That's what you're asking. Very big picture. It is, but if you ask all these little questions, and uh, I give my clients ton of a ton of questions to answer, mm -hmm. out of the answers to those questions, you will formulate a business plan. And if you ask the right question and get honest answers, you're gonna supercharge your recovery from where you are now. During times like this, great wealth is created. During the depression, some of the wealthiest families put their, started developing a, uh, a plan to build generational wealth. You have to look at this period. Yes, I got whacked. I got whacked personally. So one other thing, when I ask these questions, I've personally been whacked. My business has been hurt. So I had to ask questions of my business and retool the same as you. I'm not telling you to do anything I wouldn't do myself. Ask a ton of small questions, get the answers, stop a minute and think about the answers, and then start writing your recovery plan. Okay. And I love that you said this, Lori, because... People always think that I created this one business plan, it's for the life of my company and then I'm said and done. And I love this because you're like, create a new business plan because you do, you need a restructure. And especially if you've pivot or have made some adjustments, you know, I think this is the time to like rethink the business. Yeah, okay. it really is. Don't, don't, don't rush into opening for opening sake rush into opening to recover and make money again sake right exactly because you could lose money um prematurely opening yeah i would agree okay so another question that you had posed that you're posing to people is um have my customers expectations changed and i love this this is yeah. a great great question because some people had to cut pricing Okay, a, a lot, a lot of companies had to cut it to keep their clients. Um, and some people had to 
change their platforms or their formats or the way of maybe removing a lot of uh, things that they had in part of the package plan or services or some of the service agreements, you know? So this is a really, really good question. Do you want to add to this a little bit? Yeah, I really do because I was on a call the other day that pointed it out. You have to ask questions from a different, a couple different point of views. I'm going to go a little off topic to come back, Kat. Yep, yep. Um, you have to ask questions from your point of view, your customer's point of view, and your employee's point of view. So look at the customer point of view. They are going to be concerned a lot of business. Are you keeping it clean? Now it becomes a competitive thing because if they see a competitor advertising, we do complete cleanups every night, and you're not doing it, that customer is going to ask, why aren't you doing it? You're going to have a wrong impression. And I've seen that at one of the Zoom calls I was on. Somebody says they do a lot of cleaning. And they said they went to, went by some of their competitors. They weren't doing the same thing. And so the customer is going to ask, are you doing cleaning? And what I told that person is, do a video of how you deep clean your business so customers can see what you do. So some of these questions uh, from a customer's perspective Turn them into an advantage for you because look at the customer's concern, address their concern, and you're going to be a superstar in the customer's eyes. Right. No, and that's a great, great point. I love that uh, because you're right. Because once the marketplace opens up, your marketplace is going to be a little more competitive. Just like you can pick and choose new employees, well, you're going to be able to pick and choose new partners too. You have an opportunity because people will have shifted and adjusted because they're wanting to get more business. Uh, so I agree with that. That's a great question. Uh, okay, so this one probably is, lends itself to the, that question, but it, it's another great question is, do I need to change my supply chain? Um, that's a question. I don't even think that's a question anymore. I would absolutely be horrified if any of my customers don't dual source going forward. Um, I think I was just on another Zoom call with a MMAC Cosby group, and the dual sourcing was, from now on, those people in my group are dual sourcing banks. Too many banks let their customers down during the uh, PPP yep. loan yep. process, and it was a lesson, always keep two banks. Um, I look at the model as you should have a primary, secondary model on all vendors. Yep. Because there are people who are going to get hit. If a company that supplies you only has plants in China and they have another wave, you're shut out. But if you have a company that has plants, uh, one in China, one in Indonesia, you have spread your risk. So I would advise all clients, this is no longer a question, get a dual, strat a dual supplier strategy in place for all key vendors and supplies you need for your business. I love that advice. That is awesome. And I would agree because I ran into that situation with my bank. And uh, fortunately for me, I have three banks that I source oh. from. I actually had two that are my typical banks, but the third one was just by, I, I figured I had it because I had a credit card, business credit cards through it. And I was like, I have a third bank. <laughs> well, I want to, I want to flip that from your customer's perspective. If they believe in that, your goal is to be the primary vendor because customers are going to shift their alliances. So always look at it. We, you, you might know your customers now are going to resource and, yeah. and reduce their risk. So how do you always stay in the primary uh, vendor chair? That's another thing. Okay. That's, that's very good advice. Thank you. Okay. 
So this one is a really good and relevant one is how will social distancing affect my business once reopened? Um, So I've already seen a few stories on that. And I think it's a great question to ask because if you're not creating a plan for it, uh, people are going to be skeptical to go to your business. And you also need to talk about it to your future customers because I have seen where um, stores are, uh, are putting the plexiglass in front, right? In front of the registers and things like that. Banks are starting to put the plexiglass in front. Everybody's trying to make accommodations. Um, the airlines are asking you to wear masks. You can't go on an airplane if you don't wear a mask, although that air is recirculating. So I don't know how that's going to help, but you know, I would take oxygen. I personally would, you know, <laughs> um, but that is a, a really good question. And so do you have any examples of that or, or things you want to point out in regards to that? Um, yeah, that's going to fundamentally this change things. I, I want to go back to my health club when it reopens and I love having going to the hot tub after I exercise, but a hot tub holds six people. How are they going to have that anymore? You know, things are going to change like that, but it could be opportunities. If you have a business where you need people to line up before you have them in there, think of the marketing advertising opportunity. If you had monitors lining that line, telling about your products, uh, promoting stuff. So when they come in your store, they might buy other stuff. So it could be informational. I think there's opportunities out of that social distancing the same time, and it's going to be there. So you can't change it. You can't fight it. Find a way of embracing it for your advantage. Right. It could be giving free drinks to people in line, showing you're different than your competition. Right. It could be handing out masks. If anyone forgot a mask, you have a mask station in line where you're different than your competition who doesn't have that. With your brand and, on it. Yeah, with your brand on it. So think of how social distancing is going to affect you. And some businesses is just going to affect it. There's no positive, but try to find a positive spin out of it. Yeah. I, uh, I also saw a story and this was some, not in Wisconsin, this was somewhere else in the U S where uh, a boutique store was going to do appointment shopping. So they were not going to open their doors for business. It was by appointment only. There would be one, um, whatever they call it, um, customer service person with them, a shopper, private shopper with them. And that is it. They have the whole store for that hour. They book it at hour time and that's it. You know, so, you know, you have to be creative. You got to think of creative ways to function and continue to do business, you know? Um, So that's a really, really good question. Okay. So, okay. Now we go into like a little more financial nitty gritty, and this is where your the CPA in you is going to come out. The little you should have a little cape, fluffering around. <laughs> okay, so your what the first question is: Did your bank respond the way you wanted to for your PPP loan? I'm sure everybody's going to say no. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> well, I've had unbelievable success stories where a major bank didn't respond. I gave them to another bank in my network, and they got a yeah. loan in one day. Okay. I got, I got approved on a Monday. Had loan, had money in my account on a Friday. Um, That's awesome. Um, I think if your bank is not able to respond within a couple of days for you on a PPP, you got to say there's a reason behind that, and you got to start looking for a bank. Right. Too many small business owners are in too large of banks, only because maybe they have a deposit 
branch right by them. Yeah. I think you have to find a bank that's a partner in your long-term business strategy and give up some convenience. Okay. Because when this happened and you really needed stuff, the convenience didn't help you. Nope. I would agree. And again, this goes to the point that you talked about where you should have two sources of, you know, your vendors and banking is one of them, you know? Um, so you have to think about in that situation, because I will tell you my local credit union responded faster than the big bank that I have an account with. And I'm not going to mention any names here. I didn't mention any names either. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the next question is, do you see any new business opportunities that COVID opened up for you? This is really, really good because I don't think, I think some people have their shields on. I don't think people are seeing the opportunities that are, could be available to them, you know? And so it's a great question. Um, I Bro, I'm going to make a comment on this. And in my previous calls, people tell me, you know, it's not a crazy idea. This is probably the best time to open a restaurant in history. All your competitors are damaged. All the landlords right. are not being paid rent. You could get cheap rent and get a market that's starving for people. And the people who had that market before are damaged now, might not be able to come back. Right. So look for opportunities in your business. How are your competitors impacted by this? and maybe they were impacted differently than you, that's an opportunity for you to come in there. So you have to examine how are others in my industry impacted by the virus? And if I'm not impacted the same way, that's an opportunity for me to go after business that I couldn't have gotten under a previous time. Right. And again, I just did a, a live cast the other day where I talked about um, adversity creates opportunity. You just have to be so tuned into it. You have to understand what's the problem I can solve now. How can my business adapt to solving that problem? And how do I evolve or pivot whatever word you want to use so that I apply this to my business and start making a different revenue source? Because, you know, what a great opportunity to have another revenue source of income until you can fully function your business again, you know? So this is really, really great advice. Um, okay, so the, another question that you have here is, um, how are you going to build liqui liquidity so that if COVID wave two comes, and I, I like this because we don't want to think about this, but the, the reality may happen is when COVID two comes around that you're going to be better prepared. This is a really, really good question and you should probably just elaborate on it because it's a great question. Well, um, the sad part about this is if you really had a good business, you should have had enough liquidity to last three to four months. Mm -hmm. And you have to go back and ask why. You might have thought you had a good business. You might have thought your business was profitable. And maybe it was. Maybe you took too much money out. But a business has to have liquidity. So you have to ask, go backwards first. Why didn't you have three months cash reserves ready? Right. You need to have that, what I would say, in your personal life or business. And th there's no exact answer. Some people say six. I'll say a minimum of three. So if you didn't have it before, what are you going to do different tomorrow to build three months of cash reserves? Because that should be one of your goals in your business. You cash is king. You can't operate without cash. So either you're not bringing enough money in, you're spending too money, much money, or you're taking too much profits out. Profits you make need to be reinvested in your business for future growth. And a lot of owners don't do that. 
this is a time to ask yourself why you didn't do that. Right, right, right. And I, I totally agree with you on that. That is great advice. Um, okay, we're. I'm at the end of your questions. I don't have any more questions. So I guess, so my question to you, Lori, besides those questions is, what other things should business owners be thinking about or self-evaluating as they're looking at what is their recovery plan, you know? Um, these, again, these were questions generated by Lori to think about creating a new business plan for your recovery plan. And I'm sure you have more and more and more. You just gave us a sampling of questions that people should think about and ask themselves. And as we have gone through these, these were really, really good questions and good comments. And so if anybody has any questions as we're talking to uh, Lori, please drop them in the comments and uh, let us know what you need help with or what questions you might have. Um, but uh, go ahead, uh, Lori, just talk about the diagnosis that people should be doing here. If I would have any customers do anything the number one thing before anything else will be put together a 13 week cash flow for your business coming out of this. You have to know what's going to hit you cash wise. Cash is king right now. Yeah. So you have to sit down and it's not perfect. It never is. You got, you will get better at it. If you keep on doing it every week, look 13 weeks out and end of, end of that week, look where you were right and where you were wrong course, correct. And then do another 13 weeks that discipline as a small business owner will take away, I didn't know the questions. I didn't know that was happening. Right. I didn't understand that. My accountant didn't give me that information. You own your own destiny. If you don't know how to do a 13 week cash flow, um, I'm available to help you. My goal is not to be the one doing it, is to train you how to do it, but you need a 13 week cash flow because you don't want to wake up four weeks from now and realize that you owe your PPP loan back because only part of it's forgiven. And now you have to start saving money that you don't even know you're gonna need to start saving. Cash is king right now. Watch everything on cash, cash coming in, cash going out, and know in the future, know in advance what's gonna hit you. That's the number one thing I would tell people. Right, right. Okay, and then are there any other challenges that you are seeing in the marketplace that you're dealing with or questions that come up to you? In yeah, getting used to supply disruptions. You've seen in the news the last couple of days, Wendy's didn't even have beef. We're going to see supply chain disruptions, and you have to start thinking about those because you could be open tomorrow, but if, say, you're a meat market, you're open tomorrow, you got customers who want to come, and you don't have any supply and nothing to sell. We are going to run through waves of supply disruptions. Um, and you have to be ready for them. You have to see them. That's going to mean when supply is disrupted, prices go up. Yep. Are you going to be able to raise your prices as fast as your costs are going up? You need to start looking at that. I think we could have an inflationary period. So you can't be caught blindsided that your costs went up. You didn't raise your selling price. And you get your financial statements from your accountant 60 days later. And you say, why didn't we make any money? You have to own your own destiny right now. Right, right, and that's some great advice. Awesome. Is the nonprofit world, world, do you see that that being majorly affected? I mean, I, I don't know if you deal with any nonprofits. I, I do, and I worked for one who had a shutdown. Um, they kept their food pantry open, but it's interesting. Um, 
there is a surge of people want to help yep. money and stuff, but that's not the same as running a program. Right. Program-oriented nonprofits who need their employees to show up and need um, people they help to come have been more hurt because of social distancing, closing down, daycare worries. But I think I'm seeing more donations to, like, I help Silver Spring Neighborhood Center, their food bank. Yep. I was going to have a, a Cinco de Mayo event the other day. It got canceled. I asked people to donate the money for the event to the food pantry. People don't have a qualm of doing that. So I see more potential donations. Yeah. But the mechanism to implement programs has been held back a little bit by the virus. Right, right. And I see that as well because we do have a few nonprofits that we work with uh, that have been a little stunted by it because they do rely on volunteers and um, like physical donations, like clothing and things like that. Um, and then another question I have for you, okay? Uh, and so I'm just going to throw it at you. I don't know if you can address it, but if you can, great. If somebody's contemplating closing, you know, are there some questions they should ask themselves before they officially like say, I'm closing my doors? Um, because I did have two clients, uh, a week ago, uh, reach out to me and they said, I can't, can't do it anymore. It's I, the money's had already overburdened me and we're going to close our doors and we're done. And so are there questions that, you know what I mean? Like, should they ask themselves before yes. they, they do something like that? The first question to ask, what did you sign personally on? Because that's going to carry with to your personal life. They need to know that. And then what long-term agreements did you sign, like leases and stuff, where you gave a guarantee that a landlord could come after you? You have to think about those first. And this is sad. You might owe a vendor who might have been a friend of yours, but they really can't go after you for usually for a personal claim. So I would deal and, and document and know what's going to hit me personally, where I sign personal guarantees for. I would try to negotiate with those. This is the best time to negotiate. Everyone's hit. So instead of being forced into bankruptcy and ruining your credit, maybe you could do a soft bankruptcy with them and say, listen, I can't pay you. If things recover a little bit, I'll put a payment plan in place. I'm not running away. You know what the virus did and try to minimize the legal ramifications of closing. If you didn't pay your payroll taxes, work a payment plan out the IRS. Just don't put your head in the sand and say it's going to go away. So really, closing is an option and restarting for a lot of people, but do it in a way that doesn't damage your future as much as just walking away and closing the doors and then getting a letter that you are being sued eight months later out of the blue. Right. Right. No, that makes total sense and great advice. And so as we wrap this up, uh, Laurie, uh, I think we need to have you on again because you just hit a topic that I think we need to discuss. Bankruptcy. Yeah. That's going to be that's going to be a hot topic in the next 30, 60 days. So, um, you know, I think it's something that we, you know, somebody needs to put a focus on, but to talk about or, or to prevent or prepare for, do you know what I'm saying? As a business owner. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, you're right. There's going to be a wave of bank. I, I just read bankruptcies are, are going to explode. They're starting to right now. Not only the small guy, Big oh, company. No, big company. no I, there was a big company that just announced they filed bankruptcy and I can't remember who it is. So don't mark my words. If you're crate and barrel and you did this and I said you did, I'm just, I can't remember, but I, I thought it was crate and barrel. It was somebody with a C. 
and they said they're filing for bankruptcy and they, then they said, oh, but we'll be okay. <laughs> well, bigger companies are at an advantage because they could get financing and bankruptcy. A smaller company can't. And if you're thinking of going bankrupt, think of how you could retool, repackage your business to reopen underneath another maybe slim down version of you. Um, I don't always look at bankruptcy as the end of the world. Look at it as a fresh start and, and say, how could I restart something? So it's good food for thought, and we should do another one and talk about this because I think it is a good topic to talk about. And, um, Lori, how do people get a hold of you? Like, if they have any questions or they want to reach out to you or they want your expert advice. Um, they could email me, call me. I don't know if you put um, on these programs, Kat. I will in the links. I will in the comments. I will tag you, and I'll put the links. Uh, yes. If people call me, email me message me uh i will respond uh it could be a little delayed but i i always will respond i have a i have a spot in my heart for small business owners i'll help you with some advice for free and if you want me to come in and actually do a deep dive with these questions and actually help you write the plan i'm available to do that um but i will help someone if someone has a simple question i've done that the last three months help people get ppp loans the next set okay. of questions people should be asking is how am I maximizing the forgiveness part of my PPP loan? You only have eight weeks from the day you got it. A lot of people have been getting their money. Time is running out. There are strategies you could take to maximize your loan forgiveness. A lot of business owners focus so much on getting the money, they're not focusing on the forgiveness part. Okay. So that would be the bit of advice to uh, for them to kind of strategize or think about or uh i'm going to pop up your website in case people want to reach out to you at least it will be on the screen and uh, people know um okay there it is yep and there's there's if you go there's a uh do request a quote you could um yep, right here mm -hmm. yep if people oh, you put want in, me to click it? yeah because the people could just put in that email saw saw you on Cat show and want to talk to you. That's the best way to reach me because then it's in front of me all the time yep, yep. and I will respond then put your question in there and I'll try to help you then. Okay, great. Awesome. And then again, in case anybody missed out, Laurie, what are your credentials? How do you help people? Um, I'm a CPA, have a master's degree in accounting, but my hashtag says it all, make money of Lori. Uh, I didn't realize that over the years, that's what I've done for owners is making more money. Um, I work for myself now, but I help owners make more money and, and I'm not doing it the way an accountant would do it. 30 days after the month, I do it by sitting next to you in real time and by asking questions, the answers of which drive profitability. Or by Zoom. Or by Zoom, yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, you know. That's the hard part. Right. you got to practice that social distancing. Now, you are the, I have to loosen this up and, and have a little fun at the end. You're the king of networking. How is that disrupting your life? Um, I now do virtual lunch of lorries. Oh, okay. okay. I have, okay. So here's the changes. This is why oh, it's easy to tell people what to do. It's harder to do it yourself. Right. I pivoted into, I have a podcast every week with Lori Hybee, 
we alternate between marketing uh, issues one week and business issues another. Like one of the topics was sales are not profits, profits are not cash, which most business owners really don't understand what that really means. It's important. I do webinars now. Oh, um, nice, nice. That's great. I do. I've done webinars on PPP loans to groups and associations. Okay. Um, I am doing a lot of writing of things on LinkedIn. And okay. so I had, I had a pivot. Um, on these Zoom calls, I participate a lot and drive a lot of questions. Those, those questions I keep on asking, I was in another call and they used my question because it is exceedingly important to answer those questions. People are going to blow by that and they're going to regret it down the road. Yep. So I, I learned to meet people, build content that has meaning. If you have content, or same as your business, if you have something different about your business, people will come to you. The best way to market is that people come to you instead of you having to go to people. Yeah. So you need to use someone like Kat to build a brand. I have a brand. Lunch of Glory is another one of my brands. People know about going to lunch with me. If I walk in a room in a meeting in Milwaukee and say, I'm Lori Riff, they go, you're the lunch of Lori guy. What could you do in your business to make it people know about you everywhere they go and they want to come to you? Exactly. I love that. That's great. I need to connect you with uh, uh, an international attorney that helps businesses, and she's doing a lot of workshops, uh, Lauren Cohen. Uh, she's super awesome, and she also does a lot of um um, lives and webinars and things like that. So she has a lot of guests. I think you guys could really like, I would appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys could work together really well together. Uh, okay. Uh, if you guys have any other questions and, uh, you're catching the tail end of this, just leave the comments. Uh, Lori will continue to monitor the comments. I will continue to monitor comments. And then I will also drop all his links there so you guys can get a hold of him. He does do a free consult. If he has something beyond the free, he'll let you know. But at least, you know, I would say reach out, raise your hand, get that free consult. Uh, and if you've tried to apply for the PPP and you can't uh, get it through uh, Lori's resource, if you have questions about what your strategy plan is moving after COVID it opens those doors, reach out to him. At least he can get you on track. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for being on. I appreciate it. And thank you everyone for watching. And thank you so much for the support. Be safe, be good, stay at home and drink lots of water. Be healthy. Be healthy. It's a beautiful day here in Wisconsin, right? It's a beautiful day. Yes. Okay. Everybody have a great day and I will talk to you next time. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Stand Out and Grow. Check out all the notes and links at www.standoutandgrow.com. I am so thankful to you for helping this show continue to grow. I want to keep producing content that you want to hear, so please leave me some feedback. I look forward to bringing you more resources and information to help your business stand out and grow. Please follow us on social media and make sure you follow this podcast so you can learn more about helping your business stand out, survive, succeed, and grow. Until next time, you got this. Helps businesses stand out and grow.
affordable advertising options. We will help you make good business decisions so you can save money and not just throw it against the wall to see if it sticks. Get your free strategic advertising analysis today so you can see the opportunities to stand out and grow your business. Visit www.standoutandgrow.com offers page to learn more.